Apologize for interrupting your regularly scheduled warning. We have an important message for the Spirekin Mongo View. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Spirekin. Happy birthday to you. Listener discretion is advised.
episode 52. Happy anniversary, Spire Can Manga Review. Hello and welcome to our birthday episode. The Spire Can Manga Review started one year ago today, May 15th, 2008. And it's been a long time coming. I mean, can you believe it? 52 episodes. We've been here a long time. It's been a year. When we started this out, me and Mason were like, hey, we'll do this just for the hell of it and it'll be kind of fun. And then turned out I love doing this. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy every week reading new manga and telling you guys about it. So thank you. And I'm going to be here a lot longer. Don't worry about it. You know, we've done a lot of things. We've covered a lot of manga. I mean, we've covered stuff from Addicted to Curry, Mahoromatic, to Monster, to Beck, even Hoshiwa Uta and D. Grayman. But we've covered a lot, and we're going to cover a lot more manga. I mean, I'm now up to 1,000 manga I have to cover, so we're going to be here a while, so no worries. Don't worry about it. And for those of you who are first listening, welcome. You've come on a very good episode. This is the, like I said, the 52nd episode of Spyrokin Manga Review. And Spyrokin is the society that provides information and reviews about manga. Pretty much what happens is every episode, I'll review one or two manga depending on what the wheel of manga chose for me. I'll give you a little bit of information about it. That way you don't go to the bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really cool. And you pick it up and it sucks. I do all the dirty work. And if you don't believe me, it's no problem. But I'm here to just educate, give you a little bit of information, give you a little insight on what the manga is about and if it's even worth reading. I mean, some of these manga no one's ever heard about and sometimes people were on the fence about it and they'll say, hey, thanks for reviewing that manga. I didn't know about it and I'm now going to check it out because it sounds so good. So what is new in the world of the Spyrokin Manga Review besides it being our one year anniversary slash birthday? Nothing. Not much. Just getting ready for my trip to Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas! Because of certain things, I'm going to Las Vegas for a couple of days next week from the 22nd through the 28th. So what's going to happen is that episode 53 is going to be on time. I'm just setting it up and recording it early so that way it's going to be released. No problem. No worries. So don't worry. I'm not going to be late. Also, Podbean's been a little weird. I don't know why. For some reason, the stuff's been showing up late. I don't know what's going on. So I don't even know if this is going to be coming out May 15th, which is today. So I don't know what's going on with that. I just, well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it'll come out right on time. If it doesn't, I'm going to be so pissed off. Maybe I should start paying for my own. Well, that's other crap. Don't worry about it. So, anyway, so how many well-wishers have we got? We've got many well-wishers. A lot of people are like, it's good to know you guys have been on a year. Hope for another good year. Thank you very much. I thought you just started recently. A lot of interesting messages, so thank you all. Thank you very much. This is going to be a very thank you episode, you know, so I'm just going to be kind of blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so let's just get on with some of the people's favorite topics, the news. Unfortunately, we only have two news items, which is kind of meh. Well, one is about legal history on anime. Pretty much what's happened is that because of all the different court cases about manga being involved in it, about, you know, people who've had manga and they've done cruel things or anime in their been pedophiles they've actually legally written what it is and it's protected under the protect act of 2003 uncon you know it's restricting free speech so anime is technically still covered under that but they can get you on the fact if you do a crime and you have manga involved that it's possession of obscene material because it was moved in interstate commerce that's how they can get you but it's kind of interesting for more on that you have to go to kami press so Meh. It's kind of long and with legal babble, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, the only other news item is actually something that my friend Baz will be so happy about. They're making a live-action Bubblegum Crisis movie. That's right, you heard me. For those who don't know, Bubblegum Crisis is the story of the Night Sabers. This group of four 
mercenaries slash terrorists who wear armor and they fight giant robots. If you want to hear some interesting information about them, check out the Dave and Joel podcast. Hey, remember, I'm going in for another look. Famous last words in that series. But it's going to be mixed Caucasian-Asian cast, and it's coming out 2012. So it should be kind of interesting, and well, the fact that they're making it is a little bit worrisome, especially with Dragon Ball. That movie was not good. Not good at all. But the live-action bubblegum could be good if they do it right. If they do the boomers right, and if they get a good character for press. I mean, it's from Blade Runner, but still. So we'll see how that works out. And that's it for news. I mean, what else can I say? I mean, haven't done much. I've been working. And in the non-anime sect, the only other real big thing is that more information on Bioshock 2. Officially, you are Big Daddy. Some more information on... For movies, you know, you got Star Trek, which was awesome. Very cool movie, very fun, very awesome. And then, of course, the other big news you have. Terminator Salvation comes out next week, and that movie's going to be fucking awesome. Anyway, no more of that. Let's come to the reason why you've come to the Spyrokin Mom Review, the part which I enjoy so much. The review. So, if you remember in episode 50... I spun the Wheel of Manga for today, because, you know, I wanted to. And what happened was I got a pretty cool manga, a very old manga, one I enjoyed very much. It's kind of, well, it's not finished yet, because of the fact that Viz was kind of a bitch about certain things. And Well, anyway, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. So, what I'm reviewing for this, the anniversary episode of the Spark and Manga Review, is Rekka no Hono, or The Flame of Rekka. Now... This manga series by Nobuyuki Anzai originally came out in 1995, ended around 2002. There are 33 volumes, and currently there is 31 volumes out in the United States, which is kind of cool. It was released by Viz Media, originally released in Japan by Shoguken, and the interesting thing was it used to be a monthly release, which was kind of cool, and that was what I liked about it, that you could go to the bookstore and find it, and now it's quarterly release, which sucks. And it's a lot harder to find. I have to actually go to Kinokui to pick up each copy because stores like Borders and Barnes & Noble don't carry it anymore. And I don't understand because it's a cool series. It's really enjoyable and fun. And it is a shonen action-adventure fantasy romantic comedy. So, as you can guess, it's a shonen fighting series. And it's also got an anime series which only covered the first, like, 16 volumes then just it got cancelled so they said, oh, what are we going to do about this? Oh, well, we'll deal with that later. And something that's a little bit ironic is that the anime series was created by Studio Pierrot, if you remember from a couple episodes ago, also did Yu Yu Hakusho, so it has a little bit of a Yu Yu Hakusho feel. Nobuyuki and Zai didn't work on Yu Yu Hakusho, unfortunately, but he worked on a couple of pretty notable manga, including everyone's favorite, Mar and Mar Omega. What is Flame of Rekka? Now, Flame of Rekka is actually about ninja, which is kind of cool. There's no ghosts in this or aliens or anything truly horrific, but it's about ninja. About specifically the Hokage ninjas. And what happened is that the Hokage ninjas are these very mystical and unusual ninjas that were around in 1567. And it's actually about 400 years before the series present day. Now what happens is these Hokage were these known ninjas that no one knew about. And they were feared for their abilities. But most importantly, they are feared for wielding these things called Madogo, or 
um, elemental weapons. And what happens is that these weapons specifically were able to grant their user special abilities whenever they had them on. Like one would was a sword which would turn water into a blade. Another weapon would be would control wind. Another one would give you the strength of earth. Another one would be able to to explode. One would be poison. And each of these weapons had something to do with different elements in the world. I mean, one if you held on to it, you could take paper and make it into a shuriken. It's pretty cool, hard to explain, but the leaders of the Hokage also were elemental users as well, because the leaders had this ability that pretty much equivalents to them being flame sorcerers. They're able to release flame from their body and burn things, which is kind of cool, and they could do all this stuff, and that's their ability. They control the flame, and they could manipulate it naturally without using uh, Madogo, which is kind of cool. And so, this manga opens up with a girl in black saying, they're not gonna hurt you. And it looks like it's in the past and she starts saying this weird mumbly jumbly and what happens is that a portal opens up and she puts a baby through this portal and then next thing you see it's present day and we meet our main character Rekka Hanabishi now Rekka is a complete and utter nut he is 16 years old rambunctious crazy hyperactive and he's a ninja freak I mean he could tell you about all ninjas around the world. For some reason, he's obsessed with ninjas. He's also the son of a fireworks worker. He likes explosives. He likes blowing things up. And he incorporates it with his ninja abilities, which is kind of cool. Like you see, he fights this big doofy guy who, who's named Domon, and he's this big, just burly guy with a mohawk, and he calls Rekka a monkey, and they get into a huge fight, and Rekka just kicks his ass and then blows him up with the fireworks. And Rekka is an accomplished martial artist, and he's really good at being a ninja but the problem is it's present and ninjas aren't really around so he's kind of considered an outcast and a nut and he's made a decree at his school that only someone who's strong enough to defeat him can be his master so Domon is trying to become his master just to kick his ass because he's essentially Yusuke and essentially Domon is Kawabara he just wants to beat him up to prove that he's the best and it's kind of funny their relationship and then so what happens is that everyone's trying to kick his ass to become his master. And what happens is that, as we always know, and her name is Yanagi Sakoshita. And Yanagi's this cute, pretty girl who's a complete oblivious, well, she's oblivious to a lot of stuff. And she's really pretty. And what happens is a couple of guys are harassing her. And he goes, tries to save the day and gets his ass kicked in him because when he first attacks them, he tries using the ninja camouflage technique, which he holds up you know, you, you attack guy and then you hold up a sheet and you can camouflage against a tree and he puts the wrong tree up so it looks kind of funny. Gets his ass kicked and as he's knocked down unconscious, he has his dream that the girl, Yanagi, is a princess and she says, thank you ninja for protecting your, your hime and for this you will be my servant forever. And it's like, I live to serve. And so with that dream, when he wakes up, pretty much all of his wounds are healed, and it turns out that Yanagi has the ability to heal. And so, because of how kind and wonderful she is, Rekka decides, fuck it, you know what, you're my master now. So he's pledged to protect her for all eternity. And, which kind of cute, because this shows the love interest, because she's so nice and sweet. And, like I said, she has the ability to heal things. A little bit unusual, but... Like, if you're hurt, you're injured, she can heal you. She can't heal herself, but she could heal. It's pretty cool. And so, as they're talking, Rekka shows her his ability. As you can guess, Rekka isn't the run-of-the-mill ninja-obsessed nut. He actually has abilities and these skills, which are pretty cool. Rekka, turns out, has the ability to create fire from his hand. He doesn't know why. And remember, as I said earlier, 
He doesn't know why he can do it, he's just always been able to do it, and he's kind of loves doing it. He used it to set off fireworks, which is pretty cool. So he takes her to an abandoned building, and he starts fireworks with her. And so, what happens is, long story short, because this is a shonen fighting series, he has a bunch of friends who are rambunctious, he fights to join his cause, and at first he's attacked by this mysterious woman in black who appears out of the shadow, and her name is Kage Hoshi, or Kagero. And what happens is that, when Rekka and Yanagi are in the abandoned building setting off fireworks, she suddenly appears out of the shadows, just like, poof. And he's like, whoa, 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 oh, sorry, old lady, we can't just, oh, I'm sorry, old lady. And she's like, oh, how'd you light those on fire? And he's like, well, nothing, I used a lighter, see? Really? And so she proceeds to stab Yanagi and him and say, show me your flame, Rekka. And she actually says, I want you to try and kill me, Rekka. And he... So after provoking him and threatening to hurt Hime, he finally unleashes his flame and blasts her. And she's like, oh, that's really good. We'll see each other again, Rekka, and suddenly she disappears. Later on, when he says, I'm going to kill you, he's like, well, I'd like to see you try, and she proceeds to stab herself in the neck. Turns out that Kagero is immortal due to a certain deal she made a long, long time ago, which wasn't her fault. And she's not an evil character, she's just kind of more like she's trying to push... Rekka to do the right thing because he's she's setting him up for something big in the future. And here's a little bit of a spoiler, sorry, but I'm getting Kagero out of the way first and I'm getting to all the other characters. What happens is it turns out that Kagero is actually Rekka's mother. In the beginning scene, that lady in black who sent her son into the portal, that was her. And what happened was because of the fact she sent him through time, she was damned for all eternity to live forever and watch everyone she cares about grow old and whatnot. And what happens is she's trying to find the way to not be immortal anymore and she's been watching Rekka and protecting him and because of a great threat she's had to intervene with his life. Yes, he's the last heir of the Hokage Ninja Clan and I could really go on into what goes on but it's you have to read it. But in typical fashion you have an evil villain who has the same abilities as Rekka and is actually his older brother his half-brother and he also came from the past into the future but he's evil and instead of using red flames like Rekka does he uses blue flames and he's evil is have I stressed he's evil probably not he's evil I mean he's not super evil he's not chaotic evil I would say he is lawful evil he has lines he won't cross but he is evil and he's not willing to stop at anything to get what he wants I mean the problem was that the person who raised him, the series main villain, is completely, truly chaotic, evil, horrible monster, and Karai has become a monster because of this. The father of Karai is pretty much the main villain, and his main thing is he wants to find immortality, and this leads to everything going on, from Yanagi being kidnapped, to them being involved in a tournament, to him actually gaining Yanagi's ability, and then blah. Pretty much a very long shonen series, which is pretty cool and awesome, but it's kind of typical for a shonen series. It's kind of generic with its, you know, formulaic plot. Like, first you set up the cast, then you have a first fight with the bad guy, then you have a tournament, then you have a second fight with the bad guy, then you have the climactic ultimate search for weapon of power. So it is a little predictable, but... What I liked was that each of the characters had the Madogo. That was their ability. It was like in Yu Yu Hakusho, how every one of them had a different ability. Like uh, Yusuke had the Ray Gun, and then you had uh, Kurama had Rose Whip, so on and so forth. Each of these characters had their own ability. 
and I'll go over each of the characters now and give you a little bit of insight of them. Now, first off, like I said, we have Rekka. Pretty much Rekka's a titular character. He's got lots of fighting skills and martial arts skills, and since he's obsessed with ninjas, he has all their techniques and all that other crazy shit that they can do. Like, he does the cicada technique, and he's got sickles, and he's able to kind of teleport himself, and that's pretty cool. But the main thing is he doesn't need a Madogo. His ability is inside of him. He has the ability to manipulate flame, like I said earlier. He's a flame user, and for the most part his ability is he shoots out a flame like a flamethrower. And that kind of sucks, but later on, when it gets really cool, is it turns out that he is one of the true leaders of the Hokage Ninja, so he can call upon an animal to create his flame and they can help him out. And his animal is the Eight-Headed Dragon. And the Eight-Headed Dragon are these eight dragons who each have a different ability and they will imbue upon him these abilities. What happens is each one has a different ability that they gain him over time. Like the first ability he gets is he gets to, instead of just using a flame like a flamethrower, he has the ability to shoot out fireballs. And that's pretty cool. And then the next one, which is my personal favorite, gives him the ability to create a flame of blade from his arm. So he has like a, a sickle type blade that comes out of his forearm and he uses that to cut through things. Well, cool. Next one is like pretty much a flame rose whip. Makes a whip of flame which he can either use to actually attack long range or he can wrap around his fist and punch into things. Then you have this one who's just a complete and utter nut job, Setsui, who is blind and has one eye. It's always closed and then when it opens it up, if you look in the eye, you burn into and die. You have one that gives him the ability to create a barrier. Um, and then you have one which is an illusion artist. And like I said, each one of them was originally a Hokage match, so each one has their own little personality. And it's cool because they interact with him because at first he gets their ability because he has to fight them. And then later on when he gets them, he actually meets them and sees what they look like, and all of them are just very odd. Like, one shows up and he's just like, why should I listen to you? You're a little punk. He's like, well, I'll show you I'm a little punk. And he proceeds to try and beat the shit out of a dragon that's made of flame. It's like, you're kind of funny, I like you. I'll help you out, but you piss me off, I'm going to eat you. And joins him. So it's pretty cool. So, like I said, his ability is all about flames and fire and all that other good stuff. Next character we have is Domon, or Domon Ishida, who is essentially Kuwabara. He is the big, dumb, strong guy. And he's also known as the Oni, because he's big and dumb and he has a mohawk. And pretty much Domon-kun is just really, really freaking strong. And he has a nose ring. And his um, modogo is called the Ring of Saturn. And what happens is it just increases his physical strength. And um, Kagero, because she's helping her son, because she loves Rekka and she just wants to help him out, sneaks that ring on him. He doesn't even realize it, so he has the strength on his nose. And then later on, he gets like five other modogos because... His strength can't fight, you know, long range, so he gets other stuff. Like, one thing he gets is this thing called the Iron Ball, or Tetsugan. He eats it, and it turns his body into just living metal for, like, short periods of time. So he can walk around, not be hurt by fire or high falls. And, well, like I said, he's essentially Kuwabara. And he's in love with the next character, who is Fuko. Now, Fuko is this girl who's, well... She's like some people's favorite character, and she's completely and utterly just out there. She's just very unusual, and she's a Rekka's friend since they were little kids, and the, she's essentially his best friend. 
And what happens is that she's just really irritated that Rekka chose Yonagi as his ninja, as his master, as his Hime. And what happens is that she gets the ability from Kagero of the Fujin. And for those of you who know Japanese, Fujin, god of wind. So she can control wind. And Fuko is wind child and Rekka, flame child. So she has the ability to manipulate wind. And it's pretty cool because at first she just can use wind blades and then later on she actually can make wind spikes. So that looks, you know, really cool and it's a nice power. Um, last two members of the main group is Tokia Mikagami who is this just really cold guy who has Ensui which is a sword that just uses water to create a blade and you know it's pretty cool because he kicks ass and kills people and then the last one is Kaoru and Kaoru is um, well a little kid who is very good at puzzles you know generic little kid that needs to be in the group and he has the Kagen Anki which is this pretty much it's a weapon which can just turn into different weapons that's its ability it has five different forms and if you can do it fast enough you can change your weapons completely you say okay form one form two form three and Kaoru can do it within 0.6 seconds so he's really cool hmm. I mean there's a bunch of other Madogo users and I could go over every single one of them but I'm not going to because we'll be here a long 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 time but if I say all the weapons are pretty unique and just kind of cool, I mean, some just go out of nowhere. Like, there's one who uses paper. His ability is, I can control paper with this Madogo. And he grabs paper and he uses it to make a sword or to, to make a, a crane that'll explode. And they have another one who has the ability to implant Madogo into people. And he implants this one called hair into this girl so she can grow her hair and control it like it's just... Like she's Medusa from the Inhumans. So she can wrap around your neck and kill you. Uh, the series was so cool. And I liked it very a lot. It was a lot of fun. I'm surprised not a lot of people don't like it. The art style is kind of gritty. But it works for the series because it's a ninja series. And a lot of the fight sequences are pretty cool. I love just some of the fights that Rekka gets into early on. Like when the three Beak Kings show up after Kagero reveals herself to be his mother. He fights these three guys who are called the Beak Kings and they're just complete imbeciles. And it's just cool because you see him just kicking ass and that's when he first uses the fireball technique. And it's just well designed. I just, I can't go further into it. I'm sounding like an imbecile and I should not sound like an imbecile, especially for the series. I don't know why. When it's a series I enjoy, I sound like an imbecile. When it's a series I don't like, I sound more critical and more analytical and more intelligent about it. I don't know. Maybe it's just biasm. Um, writing the story itself was... It's a shonen fighting series. I'm not going to lie. It's formulaic. It's got a lot of cliches which have been used over and over again. You know, uh, childhood friends become rivals and friend. You know, hidden brother and brother becomes his enemy you have a whole, an adversary who's trying to just find immortality for himself. You have the damsel in distress who's tougher than she actually is. You have the different goals of each of the main characters. One's trying to find the murder of his sister. Another one is just trying to be as strong as he can. One wants to know why his father figure betrayed him. It's got all the cliches, but it fuses together to make a very interesting story, which is cool. 
there are a lot of little setbacks with this. I'm not going to lie. There's the fact that it's released on such a irregular schedule and you have to search for this. That sucks. It really does. I mean, I would love to just be able to go to a bookstore and say, hey, check this out. But you can't find it in most bookstores. You have to go to, you know, like Kinokuya or you have to go to Amazon and order it online. It's a shame. It really is because it's a good series. It really is. And that kind of lowers the grade that I'm going to give it down just a little bit because you have to start from the beginning. You can't start where they haven't. I mean, I found one copy in one bookstore, volume 30. You can't start in 30. You're not going to know what's going on. You're not going to know any of the characters. you got to start at 1. So, uh, for that reason and that reason alone, I have to give Flame of Rekka, which is a pretty good series overall, a borrowed from a friend and never return unless offered Pocky. I know it's still a high mark, but I like it. I mean, I like it better than Dragon Ball Z. And I do like it a little more than Yu Yu Hakusho. I mean, Yu Yu Hakusho is a great series. It's a lot of fun, but I don't know. I saw Rekka first. I saw it beforehand, and I enjoyed it a little more. I also like the whole elemental weapon thing and not the spiritual thing. And also just the pyromaniac in me is just like, Fire! 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 Good! Fire! Burn! Yeah. So, what else can I say? Check it out. It's worth just watching and reviewing. So, what else now for besides this? Is there anything else going on with the Spark and Manga View? Not much. We have our contest going on. The design, opening, closing, or background for the Spark and Manga View has to be under a minute. MP3 sent to me at spirekin at gmail.com. We have the create a promo for the Spark and Manga View. Same deal. Has to be a minute or less. And I'll take anything you can. Just tell the merits about the show and anything like that. Again, spirekin at gmail.com. And the last one is the become the voice of the wheel of manga so far we've had five entries i've only played one of them the rest i will play later but you only got about three weeks left so send it to me because i need a voice of the wheel of manga my throat's getting shot from saying it so much i love it but you know send me it come on you can win a free t-shirt it'll be worth it and again sparkandgmail.com or you can just call me at 206-426-6665 that again is 206-426-MONK you can also write on our forum, spirekin.rapboards.com. I'm also on Xbox, Zan Space Spirekin. Or you can just leave me a message on Twitter, Spirekin. It's worth it. It's worth checking out. And, you know, this is an easy contest. Very simple to do. Very easy. And um, I believe, as usual, it's the part you've been waiting for for this episode. It's time for... The one. The only. The Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Pretty much the Wheel of Manga is the Wheel of Fortune, which I use every episode of the Spark and Manga View, and which has 10 slots on it. I will apply 10 manga at random on the Wheel of Manga, and when I spin the Wheel of Manga, whatever number it lands on, that's the manga I'm going to review for the next episode of the Spark and Manga View. So, for episode 53, I'm going to spin the Wheel to see what I'm going to review. So, let's see what's going to be the review. Nice spin. And for episode... 53 of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing Record of Fallen Vampire. Yeah. So I go from something I really enjoy to something that looks like I'm going to hate it completely. Oh, suckage. But that's the wheel, and it has told me what I'm going to do, so unfortunately, I must adhere to the will of Scully. So, 
for the next episode of Spark and Mind Review, I'm going to be reviewing Record of Fallen Vampire. So that's it for this episode of the Spark and Mind Review. As usual, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I have a lot of fun doing it. I'm going to keep doing this for a long, long time, and we'll be back on schedule. So this Wednesday, the 20th, I'll be putting out a new episode around midnight. So, as usual, this is the Spark and Mind Review. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening for this one year. I appreciate it so much. Continue to listen, and I'm your host, Zan. I'm Gonzville. <laughs>